Welcome to the Good News Ride Home for Monday, June 8th, 2020. I'm Jackson Bird. New Zealand has officially reduced their number of coronavirus cases to zero. Apple apparently patented technology for socially distanced group selfies. How to order first-class stamps with your face on them. What paleontologists predict animals will look like in the future. The weird music coming from the Golden Gate Bridge. And a Belgian man plagued by mysterious prank pizza deliveries. Starting today with some very good news out of New Zealand, the country now has zero active cases of coronavirus. This follows 20 consecutive days of no new confirmed cases and the recovery of the last person in New Zealand with a confirmed case of COVID-19. Quoting NPR, The latest announcement, which brings the country of 5 million to its lowest alert level, means that large public gatherings, such as concerts and sports events, will be allowed for the first time since March 23rd, when Arden announced a nationwide lockdown amid a rising number of daily cases. Restaurants and public transport will also be allowed to resume normal operations, end quote. People arriving from abroad will still be required to quarantine for two weeks. And according to modeling by the National Interest, these lifted restrictions will increase the risk of a large new outbreak from 3 to 8 percent. The model puts New Zealand's chances of eliminating coronavirus at 95 percent. In total, New Zealand has had just 1,500 infections and only 22 deaths from COVID-19. They've frequently been held up as a model for effective handling of the coronavirus. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern told reporters, quote, At level one, we expect the continuation of recovery. We will almost certainly see cases here again. That is not a sign we have failed, end quote. To help prevent further cases and the potential of a super spreader outbreak caused by the resumption of large public gatherings, the national interest recommends New Zealanders avoid what some are now calling the three C's, closed spaces, crowded places, and close contact. Hopefully, New Zealand will be able to stymie any large outbreak in the future, but regardless, this is a definite cause for cautious celebration. Did Apple predict the future with a patent they filed two years ago? It turns out back in 2018, Apple filed a patent for synthetic group selfies, a feature that would enable multiple people to take a selfie together while standing in appropriate social distance from one another, or even from different locations. Each person in the group would also be able to create their own versions of the selfie so everyone gets to choose their own best angle. Rather than having actually predicted social distancing, the language in the patent indicates Apple was instead looking for a solution to the cumbersome nature of group selfies and how difficult it is to get a good angle with multiple people. 9to5Mac explains how it would work, quote, Each person takes their own selfie on their own phone. Each phone removes the background, and then all the isolated images are sent to one phone to assemble the virtual group selfie with a single version of the background. Depth sensing can be used both to clean cutouts and to merge properly with the background. The phones will use airdrop-type technology to transmit the photos when everyone is in one place, but the patent does allow for doing it all remotely, end quote. If this feature comes to fruition, it likely wouldn't be for a couple of years, and it may never see the light of day. However, even though this feature wasn't designed for our new social distancing era, it does kind of make you think about what kinds of technology will be, whether as a solution or just inspired by the times. 
Even unintentionally related innovations like this one will be perceived in a whole new way going forward. If you've ever wanted your face on a stamp, now's your chance. The United States Postal Service currently offers a customized postage program in which you can use their third-party vendor, Photostamps.com, to upload any image you want and get it printed on a real, usable, first-class stamp. But they're ending the program on Wednesday, June 10th, this Wednesday, so get your orders in now. You may have heard about last week tonight's custom-branded stamps they launched last month in order to throw their support behind the Postal Service, as stamps are actually one of the main ways the Postal Service makes money these days. Turns out that the site that last week tonight used to make and sell those stamps, photostamps.com, also allows you to upload your own images. Whatever you want. Within reason, I imagine. I don't think you're going to get away with ordering not-safe-for-work stamps. And they do cost a little more than ordinary stamps at $25.99 for a sheet of 20 first-class stamps, but, I mean, come on, to put your face or your pets or, I don't know, that really artsy Instagram photo you took that didn't get nearly as many likes as you felt it deserved on a book of stamps, I mean, this opportunity is pretty priceless, especially since the window is closing in less than two days. And because, you know, you get to feel good about supporting a crucial service that is in desperate need of better funding. Important note, these first-class stamps will still be usable after the 10th. You just have to get your order in before then. And if you want the Last Week Tonight stamps, those will be available through the 15th while supplies last. We've probably all spent quite a lot of time recently imagining the future. How our current changes will dramatically change it from what we thought it might be even just a few months ago. Or purposefully avoiding any thinking about it. To put a bit of a lighthearted spin on brooding about the future, I wanted to share a recent article from Gizmodo in which they asked paleontologists to predict what future animals might look like. Their goal of this project, they said, was, quote, not to predict the future with 100% accuracy. Instead, we wanted to understand what processes shaped life on Earth before today and how those same factors could change life down the road, end quote. So what do paleontologists think might happen? Stephanie Drumheller, paleontologist in Earth and Planetary Sciences at the University of Tennessee, is particularly hopeful about changes we might see in crocodile diversity. Past diversity in crocodiles has been linked to changes in the climate, she says, and quote, There have been fully marine crocs with flippers and fully terrestrial crocs with long running legs. There have been omnivorous and herbivorous crocs with funky specialist teeth and weak little jaws. There were heavily armored crocs, crocs with broad flat heads and little peg-like teeth. Tiny crocs, giant crocs, just all kinds of wacky stuff. If you go far enough back in the family tree, you even got distant croc relatives that walked around on two legs and looked kind of like dinosaur mimics, end quote. So as time goes on, we may see new lineages emerge. And Drumheller points out that crocodiles are very resilient. Quote, American alligators are a real success story for conservation. People sometimes forget that they used to be classified as endangered. We're already seeing them expand their range. You can actually find wild alligators in places like Oklahoma, which blows people's minds. End quote. 
Ashley Ledger, field director at Cogstone Resource Management, agrees that climate change is a driver of cycles in paleontology. And because our current rate of climate change has been accelerated so much, we may see distinct changes in flora and fauna sooner than would ordinarily be expected. Though whether that's a thousand years from now or hundreds of thousands of years, she's not sure. Some of those changes might be, quote, As the Earth gets hotter, plants are going to start to slowly change. Coniferous trees are going to struggle. Palm trees and cacti are going to flourish. Grasslands are going to start slowly shrinking, and things will become more and more arid. There will be abundant life near sources of water, and that is where most of the rich green vegetation is going to thrive. Mammals. I believe the megafauna animals, and I'm including everything from deer to elephants, face one of two options. They will either go extinct or they will shrink. There will not be enough vegetation for them to maintain their large body sizes, and they will get smaller and smaller. I think birds are going to become larger. Since they're so mobile and can't fly to new areas, they will have a better chance of finding food. Plus, if mammals start getting smaller, this means there will be more small animals for birds to eat. Thus, I think the birds will get larger with bulkier breast muscles to be able to fly farther and farther. I also think eggshells will become much thicker to protect against the heat. End quote. Ledger also has a ton of predictions, including mammals' tails will get longer to swat away the increased amount of bugs, there will be a huge increase in reptiles, and quote, polar bears are doomed. The other paleontologists agree that some animals were used to being small will get larger, and vice versa. Insects are almost certainly going to fare well, but another constant, many of these changes include or even rely on the extinction of humans. Quoting Alexis McCasulu, paleoecologist and postdoctoral research associate at the University of Oklahoma, Unfortunately, in many of these cases, these fantastic island species went extinct not due to environmental change, but human arrival. So any future we foresee of spectacular evolutionary potential caused by isolation and divergence on the myriad hypothetical islands created by sea level rise must also mean that humans give species the space to embark on their evolutionary journeys, end quote. If you live within several miles of the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, this won't be news to you, but apparently the Golden Gate Bridge has become a musician. After new sidewalk railing slats were installed recently, the bridge started emitting a long, low, fairly high-frequency humming noise that wouldn't be out of place in an alien movie. The sound is created by strong winds blowing through the slats. As KQED described it, quote, Funny thing about the wind, when it passes through certain open spaces, it creates a hum. This is how all reed instruments work, and because it spans a very windy gap across the bay, the Golden Gate Bridge is now effectively a giant orange wheezing kazoo. End quote. While original reports called this a mistake that the engineers of the new sidewalk slats didn't take into account, according to Paolo Kosalich Schwartz, the public affairs manager at the Golden Gate Bridge, quote, The new musical tones coming from the bridge are a known and inevitable phenomenon that stem from our wind retrofit during very high winds. He continued, quote, As part of the design process, the district did extensive studies on the impacts of the project, including wind tunnel testing of a scale model of the Golden Gate Bridge under high winds, end quote. He also added that the aerodynamic retrofit is, quote, necessary to ensure the safety and structural integrity of the bridge for generations to come, end quote. 
So, if you live in San Francisco, I guess you better get used to it. Which might be easier said than done, because here's a clip of what it actually sounds like first when you're actually on the bridge. And here's what it sounds like from Land's End Trail, which is about two miles across the water from the bridge. So, yeah, enjoy the new soundtrack to your lives, San Francisco. I don't think I'd want to be a delivery worker in Flanders right now. Apparently, a 65-year-old Belgian man in Flanders has been receiving pizza and other food deliveries that he didn't order for almost a decade. Quoting the Brussels Times, Over the past nine years, pizzas he never asked for have been delivered to Jean van Landehem's home in Turnhout in the Antwerp province. It started nine years ago, Van Landehem said. Suddenly, a pizza delivery man handed me a whole load of pizzas, but I hadn't ordered anything. At first, he thought it was a simple mistake in the delivery address, but orders of pizzas, kebabs, pizzas, and other food that he never ordered kept flowing in. It can be on a weekday or during weekends and at any time of the day. The orders come from delivery services in Turnhout, but also from the surrounding area. I've even had orders delivered to me at 2 a.m., Van Landehem said, end quote. He said that on one day last year, 10 separate deliveries were made, including one person with 14 pizzas for him. Van Landeham says he has never paid for the deliveries, but that he does feel bad for the restaurants who waste time and food on these mysterious deliveries. He said, quote, On the day that 10 deliveries showed up, I did the math. It cost 450 euros, end quote. Even weirder, he has a friend in a nearby town who has also been receiving unordered pizza deliveries for the past nine years. The deliveries aren't always synced up, but sometimes they're close enough that the two can give each other a heads up. Van Landeham has reported the deliveries to the police a number of times, but no one has any idea who is causing them. The poor man told the Brussels Times, quote, I cannot sleep anymore. I start shaking every time I hear a scooter on the street. I dread that someone will come to drop off hot pizzas yet another time, end quote. I personally kind of feel like at this point the restaurants should just blacklist his address, he says that he only buys frozen pizza and has never ordered it delivered himself, so I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Like, usually surprise pizza is a good thing, but this just sounds miserable. That is all for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird. I hope you have a good rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.